Hey you guys, it's Melissa here from MelissaOatman.com. Welcome to another episode of Awaken Your Inner Awesomeness, the podcast devoted to all things spirituality and self-improvement. I am so delighted you're here with us today because we have a very special guest. Today we have with us Ms. Shelby Carino. She is the CEO, the queen of total wellness, and she's here today to talk to us about the mother wound and how healing the mother wound can actually help us to step into our full potential. And I'm very excited about this topic because you guys all know that family issues can definitely be something that can hold you back and cause us to feel stuck in life. So I think today is such an important topic. So welcome to the show today, Shelby. Thank you so much for being here. Hello. Thank you so much for having me. I already got goose pimples just through that introduction. Um, so clearly the spirit's already moving. <laughs> Absolutely, because we met just to briefly introduce ourselves, get to know each other before the podcast, and we couldn't stop talking. So this is going to be an awesome show today, I can already tell. Um, I am really, really thoroughly fascinated by the topic of mother wounding because um, my mother passed two years ago, and she and I, we were close, but there were, were definitely some uh issues wounding that went on between the two of us that we had to work on healing and that i'm still working through and healing um so i think there's probably a lot of people out there with the same story and i think this is going to be a really healing episode but before we jump in and start talking about that i'd love to know just a little bit more about you and how you uh how did you start working with people and helping them to work through this uh healing um, well, clearly, because I was not the queen of total wellness at the time, <laughs> my life had uh, become a train wreck. And so I had to put myself back together. And so basically, um, I call this my former lifetime because, you know, we have two lives, it seems like, or we, re, you know, we revamp our lives, it seems so many times, but I had gotten married at the age of 26 and divorced at 30. And it was a very public divorce because he was in the radio industry. And so it all kind of, everything kind of went out over the air. And at 30 years old, I was like, okay, something's wrong with me. I keep picking the wrong kind of person and I, I don't know what's going on. I was just, you know, that young love wet behind the ears kind of thing. And I realized when I got divorced, I started thinking about what happened and how I had that relationship. Well, it all stemmed back to my mother. And I was like, okay, is there some similarities here? Because I knew at the age of 18, I had always wanted to move out of the house. I, like I, I lived in a very traditional family, mom and dad still married, had an older sister you know, did the whole leave it to beaver in the eighties kind of growing up life that we don't even really see anymore right now. We've kind of lost that. And so everything was fine, but there was also a lot of unspoken things within the relationship of my parents. Well, being a very uh, psychic empathic child back then I was picking up things and not knowing what I was picking up. And every time I would go to ask about something, it was met with, oh, well, I don't remember that Shelby or no, everything's fine. Your dad and I never fight because I've never saw them fight. But something wasn't being said, if that makes sense. Yeah. 
So I ended up on this journey of, um, you know, left home, went to college, got my teaching degree. Like you, we found that similarity. I taught high school for a few years as well. And, um, and then I was ready to explore. And I didn't know that around the age of 26 or so that that was a common way for your spirit to start expanding. I didn't know that we didn't, we weren't taught this stuff in school. Right. And so, but I knew I was trying to get away from my mother. And even though my mother was a very good 3d mother and I had the birthday parties and she listened to me when I came home from school and she helped me with my homework and she cooked dinners every night, you know, she was a very good mom and I would never take that that away because she was she was a very good mother she knew how to mother but she didn't know how to connect so and that's a lot of her generation as well so i missed a lot of the emotional piece mm -hmm. but i didn't understand why i wanted to move away from my mother so much because every time i tried to move towards something in my world to achieve it it was like the rug got taken out from underneath me. And then I was like back with my mother and her energy. Meanwhile, my sister was out doing all of these things, never getting in trouble, never having the law of the land placed on her, anything like that. So it was like this opposite um, in the in the parenting style. So long story short, um, when I had gotten married, I'd met this guy and I thought he was totally different. He was in the radio world. His job took us from Texas to Georgia and he seemed put together. He seemed like a good guy. He wasn't abusive. You know, he was checking off all the things right. that weren't in my past relationships, even to the fact that when we met, he shortly got this promotion to go to Georgia. And he said, well, I'm not leaving without you. So, well, my mom suggested that we get married. And I was like, uh, so we literally were, we got married, get this. We literally got married on my parents' anniversary. Oh, wow. <laughs> okay. And it was my aunt and my mom that kind of put together this wedding at their house. And, um, and then we left right after the wedding to drive to Georgia because he had to do a, a show, a New Year's Eve show. Well, I didn't think anything of it back in the day. Like wedding anniversary, you know, my mom and dad's wedding anniversary. I didn't think that that was weird. I thought that was nostalgic and what a great honor to do that. And, and then, and then even on the, the night we got married, I'm calling my parents from the hotel room, like, oh my gosh, we just landed in Vicksburg, Mississippi. And then that, and, and I didn't realize I was carrying my parents, specifically my mother, her energy with me into the marriage. Yeah. And then all of a sudden she doesn't like him. And then, and I, and I'm running all of these emotions through to the point where we ended up in a divorce. Now he chose another female. And, and at this point, when I look back, I go, well, I kind of don't blame him if I was running my she through, but you know, he really didn't handle the relationship at the end, the way he could have. So he'll have karmic kickback for that. But at the end of all of it, 
the whole mother piece came forward because I realized I was running something of my mother in her relationship with my dad specifically that she never healed. So it was running through me and then I didn't know why it was running through me and why I all of a sudden was choosing all of these relationships that didn't make sense and it didn't seem authentic to myself. Mm -hmm. So when we got divorced and I went through bankruptcy and tried to stay in Georgia for a couple of years and then eventually ran out of money because I had quit teaching. I was wanting to be an entrepreneur. And really I was trying to do my spiritual walk, not knowing that's what I was doing. Well, the genealogical ties are heavy. I got pulled back to my parents' house and I was stuck there for about seven years on and off. And thank God I met my spiritual mentor and I was able to get pulled out. So I realized, at, and then I cut all connection with my mother, my sister, and my dad died, came back to life. <laughs> That's another story. But the whole family realm blew apart because something in me finally said, I'm no longer going to be the scapegoat to everybody else's feelings and emotions. And I started pulling my energy back. And once I did that, it kind of broke the family down. And when that happened, I really started getting clarity about this mother piece. And that's why I created my Mother Mend course, um, actually just recently, because I've been on this deep, intrinsic journey. Intrinsic. What a word. I haven't used the word intrinsic since I don't know when. <laughs> that just got inspired. Okay. But um, I've been on this deep, intrinsic journey of myself. And, and then in my, my own mother energy, and then I had to separate from what my mom's was, what her mother was. And then I got, I met the right man married, and then I had to witness it through him with his mother and things of that nature. So I really got this wisdom that quite honestly, okay, Melissa, I didn't want, okay. <laughs> Um, nor did I really even ask for that, but I got it. And then at some point I went, oh, darn, I'm going to have to share the knowledge. Because <laughs> you know, when you read the teacher in me, you know, when you receive knowledge, you need to share it, right? Because it can help other people. Exactly. And and so I did. I, I, I allowed myself to pull up all the information and create this mother men course and then sat back when it was done and went, dang, I wish I would have had that <laughs> back in the day because it would have made so much sense. Yeah. And I don't want people to think that you have to have a bad relationship with your mother to heal a mother wound. Um, you can have a great relationship. It, it can even be one that you don't even know who she is and you're still healing it. But what got me started on the mother process, just to finish up this, this segment of this information, is that when I was living with my, my family um, and I was broke, I had $20 in my wallet. I had enough gas to get to uh, Dallas from the small town my parents lived in, which was about a 45-minute uh, commute, to help a friend who was a water shaman at a wellness expo. And this older gentleman in his 60s, 
had kind of been circling around where this water shaman guy was. And he happened to walk up to me and say, you know, you need to come with me. You need to have a reading. And I said, well, how much are your readings? And he said, they're 30 bucks. Okay. Well, that's not a lot of money, but I can't afford that right now. And he goes, well, why not? And I said, cause I, I just, I can't have the reading right now. I'm not interested. I'm sorry. He kept pushing me to the point I finally was breaking down and finally said, cause I was embarrassed because there was other people standing around. And I finally said, I can't afford to pay you. I have $20 in my wallet to get food. I have enough gas to get back to my parents' house. I'm completely broken, bankrupt. I, I would love to have a reading, but I cannot. And he grabbed my arm he walks me all the way back inside because we were outside. He walks me all the way back inside, all down the convention center. His table happened to be all the way in the back. And he spent an hour with me and I was in tears. Could not stop crying. I felt like a total loser, but yet healed in some <laughs> weird way. And and because I was trying to be tough and I'm good, I'm well. And, you know, and literally I was falling apart. And he goes... I'll never forget his words. He goes, Shelby, you're mad at your mother. And I said, no, I'm not. I just talked to her. I'm not mad at her. Hello, 3D brain. I'm yeah. mad at my mom. <laughs> and he goes, oh, yes, you are. And he said, and you need to do for some forgiveness work. And I said, well, I would love to do that. But yet again, I can't afford it. Because, of course, I was all focused on the money. And he goes, I don't care about the money. And so he called me a couple days later. Next thing you know, I'm on a 48-day forgiveness journey. And I was like, dang, I'm not just mad at my mom. I'm mad at the world. Yeah. And, and so it's taken a lot of years to unpack what I came into in my genealogy because my sister wasn't doing the work. And people who do the work understand that statement, what I just said. And so I knew, okay, fine. I'm going to do the work. And as I do the work, I'm going to get beat up. It's going to hurt. I'm going to go through some stuff. I'm going to cry a lot. But you know what? I'm going to have a big blessing at the end. And sure enough, I had this massive kundalini awakening. I was channeling people that aren't dead, but, you know, because energy never dies. Okay. The body goes away. I was I, like... So after my 48-day forgiveness journey, several months later, my whole entire kundalini activated top, you know, you know, bottom to top. Two weeks later, I was channeling, quote unquote, dead people, moved into hands-on healing. My psychic guide took off. I was on spaceships, all kinds of stuff. I was on my own for a year until my spiritual mentor showed up. And why did my spiritual mentor showed up show up? Because I hadn't changed the pattern in my relationships of how I chose men, which was... I had met a guy at a wellness expo whose mom introduced me to him, wanted me to do a reading because he was about to go to jail for carrying a firearm and having pot on him. I started talking to him when he was in jail. My heart started opening up because he was safe because he was locked up. Well, all of a sudden, I meet the, uh, the preacher that was at that jail. And because I was going to do a spiritual visit with the guy that was in, had gotten locked up. I was on the phone with this, the preacher for an hour. He said, I know exactly who you are. I'm going to tell you who you need to call. She's, she's in Dallas. You tell her I told you to call her and you take every class she has. 
And I was like, yes, yes, sir. He never mentioned psychic. He never mentioned medium. He never mentioned anything etheric. It was the oddest thing. I hang up with him. I call her. I'm on the phone with her for an hour and a half. Had a meeting with her. And I was stuck to her like glue ever since. And I realized, wow, the power of the maternal energy is intense. Because even when I had my first meeting with her, even as a grown woman in my late 30s at that time, she said, well, I just called CPS. And she's she's trained, she's a kahuna from the Hawaiians, you know, like she's a kahuna trained in NLP 40 plus years. This, I, I don't even know if she li lives on the planet. <laughs> you know, she's one of those like Yodas. And, but she said the first conversation was, you know, I've called CPS and something in my subconscious mind needed to hear that because I felt for the first time in my life, I was being protected. And I didn't even know what it meant until years later when I realized, when my mentor told me, if your mother would have not cut off her mother, you would have committed suicide at a young age. Because I was the one processing my mother's mother's evil, as I would call that, who threatened to kill my dad. And I came in for my dad. I'm second born. And so I've really gone through some spiritual warfare. I've really gone through the um enlightenment that people are not as they appear in body because it's the energy that's the truth and when the energy comes in you've got to deal with the energy where it's at and the only way you get immunity is to to go through it so again my mother my mother men class doesn't go into all that depth necessarily it's more of the how do you just work with what you have in your system right now in the mother wound. Just because you're your own mother, male or female, we both have the, the female energy and we're dealing with the mother energy of that, that wound on some level. So yeah, that is not really what I was planning on saying. <laughs> but that's just what got inspired out of me um, to whatever your question how long did that take me to go through, Melissa? How long? How long was that? <laughs> That's okay. Uh, we have plenty of time. My listeners love a good long conversation. So we are all good there. So no okay, worries. good. But I want to point something out because we were talking earlier and you said something that I found really profoundly interesting, which was you said that the firstborn usually comes in for the mothers and the mother and the mothers like takes on their energy, I guess, is what we were kind of talking about. And then the second born is usually for the father. Mm -hmm. Can you explain that a little for us, perhaps? Yeah, this is something that I learned, you know, through my mentor, um, where when she said this to me, it made sense. Because even if you think about it, so when a woman gets pregnant and it's her first, you know, I mean, whether she's miscarried or, you know, anything's happened or not, um, the mother's energy is the one that's producing a lot of the emotion, right? It, you know, it's that first, that first round of like, oh, there's a human inside of me. I'm going to birth it. Yeah. So, so the mother's dumping all of that energy because that's the first time that baby really is in the womb, right? That she's had something outside of herself now in herself. So that energy 
gets transferred all to that firstborn. Well, so that's why the firstborn usually looks like it's it's really weird. The firstborn comes in to clear the mother emotionally and energetically, but they usually latch to the to the dad. <laughs> and then the secondborn who really comes in for the dad's emotions, they usually are more tied to the mother. Until later on in life, if you go on this spiritual journey, the siblings start untangling the energies and then they go to the respective places that they came in to heal with, with the mother or the father. So what I learned is my sister's uh, two years older than me and she ran the emotional pattern like my mother. I mean, spot on, just like my mom. I mean, and their relationship was horrible. And I was always the one in the middle of it. Well, when I went on my spiritual ascension path, then something within me blew them out. You know, I blew up the energy. And when that happened, I really started processing things that my sister should have processed. And she began processing things that I probably should have processed for myself. But I realized the exchange freed her from my parents' house because she was still in her late 40s living with my parents. She had only lived, she has a master's degree and she had only lived on her own for several years. She was always getting pulled back into my parents' house. And so when this dynamic happened between the two of us and blew everything out, basically, because she punched me in the face, I called the sheriff, my mom was in the middle of it. It was this whole thing that <laughs> never happened before. And I mean, my sister was always like prone to violence, but because um, I was abused by her growing up. But it, that was when I took a stand and and, and stood up my, for myself and called the authorities. And um, and so basically what ended up happening, though, happening, though, is that dynamic was it free. I held the space not knowing that I basically in the situation with my sister, me and my mother is I think I ended up holding the space as my mother and my mother was me in that moment. And, and then my sister was my sister. So it was almost as if like my sister punched my mother but I took it on and that's what ended up freeing my sister. So I had to leave the family basically. So my sister could deal with what she needed to deal with, with my mother, but I was the villain. So my sister just thought I was evil and the villain. How dare you call the sheriff on me? Blah, blah, blah. She never liked me anyway. And, but the irony is that she pulled back in a guy from, college the only one she had ever liked in her life because she just never dated he ended up coming back into her world a couple years ago they got married and guess what not only did they get married they got married at my parents house the way I got married so I had even installed that footprint of energy and now she's out of my parents house living her life she's married you know, my mom got a job at Hobby Lobby doing her little creative stuff. And then, you know, my dad is just doing whatever he's doing. Right. So I looked at it. And one time when my mom thought she had cancer, I said to my mom, 
no, you don't have cancer. I said, but I will tell you, I'm going to heal this family. And I didn't know why I said that. I said, I'm going to heal this family. And then not too long after that is when that whole incident happened. And even though I lost my family, okay, I know I lay my head on my pillow every night going, had I not taken that on for myself to take that on for them, because I did come into that family for a reason, then none of them, including myself, would be where we are now. And even though I don't have a relationship with them anymore, because we're not on the same wavelength of spiritual ascension in the way I'm doing it or the way even they're doing it, I still know, wow, my sister got out of the house. Wow. My sister was able to pull this guy back in. Wow. She's happy, you know, or whatever. And even if there's that bad blood between the two of us as siblings, it doesn't matter because I know I worked to do the forgiveness with her and she didn't. And so that kept the separation, which needed to be kept, or she wouldn't be able to be doing what she's doing because it would be unethical for my energy to come in and keep poking it. <laughs> so, so I, so I do, I look at that and go, that's success. And, um, and it doesn't matter how it looks on the outside, but I know I healed my mother energy. I healed the mother wound. And I continue to do that because I continue to help my family. And I had to get past a place where I didn't need the recognition. That that I didn't need them to go, oh, Shelby, because you did this, this is why we have this. And because for a while my ego needed that. And I and I and I so I knew I wasn't done. <laughs> I had queen status okay because I was still like oh I need this to happen and and it never did and um which was fine but at the end of the day I was able to come into a sense of peace with myself that had I not been born to the mother that I was born to had my mother not gone through the processes of the relationships that she had and the relationship with my dad, I wouldn't have the gift of the wisdom to experience in my life what I've experienced to be able to take that knowledge and wisdom, transmute it, pull in the most appropriate person that I could pull in for myself and live the life I'm now living and walk that path of Hakala, God, prayer, um purpose and we were talking before you you know we before the podcast um about teaching and i told you i said i never thought that i would be teaching now what i teach because we taught this in college i have a degree but it was not in this and and so i've had to learn this, but this is life. This is who we are. We are these spiritual beings. We are not out here playing in fairyland like we think we are. You know, we are here to transmute so many things, but it takes a baseline foundation to go back to the mother to understand the wound of the past of the generation to then let ourselves surrender to let go of what we know family to be 
so we can step into family that is now because it really is how we free our family that we came to the planet to do family with. And sometimes we don't end up with them at the end, you know, and sometimes we do. And it, but at the end of the day, we all end up where we're supposed to be. And isn't that what the maternal energy is about? Because we have Father Heaven and we have Mother Earth. And that is what it's about. And we maternally have to step into that power for ourselves. So on a human level, we first have to at least figure out if we have an issue with it. Yeah. Yeah. You know? And so, you yeah. thinking about that too, that, you know, society expects you to be close to your family or you have to spend time with your family. You have to respect them. You have to do this. You have to do that. And if you're not being respected, if you're in a situation that is not good for your mental health, then it's important to say, no, I need to keep my distance for myself because we don't realize, I think, how deeply our family affects the decisions that we make. Like you said, like you ended up having a wedding on your parents' anniversary at their house that was how much their influence was over your life at that time. And I think that prevents us too from really truly fully seeing who we are as individuals because we just do the things the way they've always been done instead of trying to branch out on our own and say, okay, I mean, so many people pick careers because their parents told them this is what they need to do. And so many things in their lives. And I think, that's probably the biggest detriment to this whole, like you have to be loyal to your family. And I was talking to a client not too long ago about family secrets. They're always like in her family, there were, you know, these unspoken things and their secrets and you don't talk about this with this, you know, with public or you don't mention this. And that's not healthy and that's not the way it should be, but that's the way it is in that family and so for many of us we don't know what's normal not normal or healthy not healthy we just do what we've always done because that's what you do like you you're molded by society by your family by so many different things and so we just kind of conform to that and the awakening is about breaking out of that and saying no i don't have to be this way i don't have to think this way i don't have to do this i I can be who I want to be. And I think, you know, with a lot of people, it's religion. They grew up in a religion because of their family. And then they start to realize that doesn't feel right, or I don't agree with this, or I don't like that. So I think this work is important because it does help free people. Because I think so many people get stuck. And the word I heard as you were saying all that is we have to get back to respect. You know, we have to get to respect with ourselves because we are so tied into the matrix of tradition until we're not. And that's like what you just stated. That's the, that's the um, spiritual awakening. That's the level of, of awakening consciousness. And a lot of times I find with my students and clients that they think that the spiritual process is you're supposed to be love and light 
and accepting of all things and that you can never show anything other than, oh, I love you. Hello. Da, 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 da. They think that if you raise your voice or you express an anger or you, you know, like they, they, and I went through this as well, that they think that, well, I'm not able to have all these other dynamics over here of my emotional feelings. And it's like, no, you're a, you're a fraud if you're not having them because you're not allowing the flow of your spirit to be organic and flow. And that's a lot also in the tradition of family. Like my parents always, my mom was always like, well, your father and I never fight. Like she always said that, like your dad and I never fight. And I never, I was like, why is she pointing this out to me? And so the older that I got and the more I challenged, I said, maybe you and dad need to fight because no one's saying anything, you know, and you're making something look like it's grand and grand, you know, whatever, when something's not being said. And so the older that I got and the more I started poking and prodding, because I was trying to figure out why am I attracting the guys in that I'm in? Yeah, you know, like the first boyfriend I ever had somewhere I had nailed something right it, until my mom came in and train wrecked that. And then from there, it was like everything just went down south. And so I, I, I learned through time that I have my own system of energy that I came in with. I came into this family dynamic for a reason, and I will honor the tradition of what that dynamic was until it was time for me to move and blow up the dynamic so I could figure out what was real, what was not real, what was mine, what was not mine, and the life that I wanted to live because I figured out the pattern that every time I was about to make that move, like I said at the top of the hour of the podcast, that every time I was about to make a move, I got pulled back in. And then I never, it was like my outcome was sitting right in front of me and I was just about to be free. And then my mom would come in with something or something would happen with my sister or something, you know what I'm saying? Like, and then I was like pulled back into the dynamic. And that's why I had this urge to get away from the family because I was tired of feeling that and 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 the impasse know what I'm talking about right so we have to be able to break free of tradition and create the tradition that is meant for us to create and it doesn't mean you throw the baby out with the bathwater. It doesn't mean you forget grandma's recipe you know it doesn't mean any of that like I still have a spaghetti meat sauce recipe that my mom made growing up that I love. And that's the spaghetti I make all the time. But there's no connection to the energy of why I make the spaghetti sauce. Does that make sense? It's not, it's just because it's a good recipe. And, and, and that's where I learned, I can honor my, my ancestors. I can honor the, my, thy mother, thy father, but it doesn't mean I'm attached into them anymore because I have become my own woman. And I think as females and even as men, you know, they, men need a good spiritual woman to help clear their mother wound. And that's what I've had to do for my husband. And so the, um, 
that, that queen of ourselves is the wellness of totally embracing our own maternal space and looking at that dynamic and rebirthing ourselves on all levels. And that takes a lot of courage. That is queen status because you have to go through all the emotions and they don't feel good, but they, and some of them feel great. But at the end of the day, they humble you, they give you wisdom, they give you influence. And that's really how you, you make a difference in every person's life around you. And I can only say that because I continue to do that for myself <laughs> because at the end of the day, you don't have a choice because you're already on the path. So it's not like we can stop it. It's we're in it. So I always just tell my students, my clients uh, and my listeners, even um, that just, just go down the rabbit hole. You're worth it. Go down your rabbit hole because if you have survived the um, non-authentic way of being around the family, well, then you're sure as heck going to survive the authentic way. Yeah. Because exactly. that's just coming more into yourself, but people don't want to lose what they have because they are scared of being alone. Yeah, that's true. I think that's a huge factor for people of not wanting to do the healing work. But I have to say that I don't, you know, and you've said this, you don't have to completely disconnect from your family in order to do the work. Sometimes it's about knowing, okay, I'm doing this work and they're not, and I can be around them, but if their energy becomes too much or if they're starting to become toxic, then I can disconnect myself and say, okay, I'm just going to, I'm only going to go to see them at Christmas, or I'm only going to go, you know, a few times. You get to decide how much you want to be a part of their lives. It doesn't mean you have to totally disconnect, you know, with my brother right now we don't talk and we used to he actually used to live with me and so we were very close wow but i don't talk to him anymore and i do like i will we will text every once in a while and every once in a great while i will see him but i have chosen just to disconnect my energy for now because of my own mental health like if someone is not treating you with respect and is being very toxic to you, you have every right, I don't care who it is, to disconnect your energy from that person. Yes, and that's the empowerment and good for you for having that level of insight because it's hard because it's your family, it's your brother, he used to live with you, there's all these dynamics. And at the end of the day, your mom passed a couple years ago, he's pulling in things from that that experience and it's changing him as well. So it's changing the entire dynamic and, and we're out here to transmute the energy. And sometimes people's physical personalities, their egos, um, they don't, they don't ethically know how to do and do that work and they don't want to see it. So they still try to latch on to people that will take the hits and, now that many people are saying, hey, I'm done taking the hit, then it's creating the dissension. But that dissension is good because it's what it's what forces that energy to separate so it can heal 
So somewhere in time, there's a unity, whether they come back physically in or whatever. But I always tell people we're doing relationships. So in the relationships, sometimes it's appropriate. Like I didn't cut my family out immediately. I was the one that kept going back in. And so, but I, I got to a place where the energy cut itself and how the energy cut itself was after I had met my husband, we had gotten married, built a house. We were, we, we were one week into moving into our house. And we had gone to get our hair done. We were in the same you know, car. We were driving back. My dad calls me. And lo and behold says, there's this woman from Chicago trying to get in touch with you because such and such uncle that has been dead for 5 million years that was on my mother's side of the family that had a cousin that was back in the day, the word was retarded, but, you know, mentally, you know, what now it's kind of like, um, um, uh, what's the word Asperger's or whatever. And, but anyway, he had died. So now the cousin had died and there was this trust that surfaced and I was one of five girls on the trust to inherit this trust. Well, <laughs> my parents didn't even know about it. And we used to go to their house up until about the age of 10 years old to visit in the summers, but there was sexual abuse involved that surfaced and there was all this stuff, right? So I come into this trust. I come into this inheritance, right? I immediately have a, a, a meeting with my mentor and told her how much it was. And it was about, it was six figures and well over six figures. And she, she says to me, Shelby, she says, um, if that came from your dad's side, you would have been fine. But that came from your mom's side. You're going to have to clean the money. And I was like, and I knew exactly what she meant. It, it, it was dirty money. I mean, there was sexual abuse. It went to five girls. It was like, you know what I mean? The cousin, it was doing a lot of it. Like, it was like, it was, and I was like, oh my God. So literally I looked at my husband and I said, I just need you to brace yourself. I'm going to blow through this money in one year. And he said, okay. And I said, because I can't keep it. And I said, I'm going to have to spend it, but we just bought a house. We'll get, we'll pay off all our debt, catch up on our taxes. Like it was all ethical, right? Like everything we spent was ethical. We didn't like go out and buy a Bentley and stuff like that. You know what I mean? It was very purposeful to create a healing space. So long story short on that piece, well, I had owed my parents some money from back in the day when I had gotten kicked out of their house, when that whole punch in the face incident happened with the sheriff and, and I call him the sheriff, you know, my parents kicked me out of the house. Right. So I was homeless. So this started my whole gypsy journey. Well, right before I kind of landed on my feet, I was about to get evicted from this rental house because again, I had, I didn't have money I, and, and my mom showed back up in my world and all that. And I was just willing to get evicted because I was just over it. Like I was, I had already fought this guy in court. It was a false eviction. It was, I won actually the case. There was all this stuff going on. But at the end of the day, um, I was still going to get out of the house. And so I couldn't pay the rent anymore after the court case because I didn't work for three months. So when it was time for me to pay what I needed to pay, I didn't have money because I was in my spiritual business. 
So my mom shows back up in my world. She's like, well, Shelby, you can't live in your car. You can't do, I'm like, I don't care at this point. Like I'm done taking the hit. I'm done with this. Well, my parents loaned me this three grand that I, that I needed to pay. So I said, you know, of course I'll pay you back. Well, so I started paying them back every month, like $50 here, $20 there, whatever I had, I, I kept paying something every month. Now, because they were my parents, I didn't think to track what I was paying them. Well, when I came into this inheritance, you know, these years later, I still hadn't paid all of it off, I don't think, at all. But I don't even know how much I had paid, right? I mean, so the very first thing I did when I when I had that deposit in my account was I sat down, I wrote a check for three grand. And I know I didn't owe three grand, but I wrote a check for three grand just because I was closing an energy out. And I wrote a little note in there, like, thank you so much for this experience, blah, blah, blah. I'm so happy I can write this for you, blah, blah, blah. And I sent it. I had always told my parents, I'll take care of you, right? But in this moment, I had, I had to send the three grand. A couple weeks later, I get a letter in the mailbox with my dad's email label on there. And I open it up and it's a typed letter and it was, and, and when I touched the letter in the mailbox, I was on fire. I was angry. And I was like, okay, this is not my dad. I literally opened it in the street because there was so much hatred on it that when I read it, it was literally quote unquote from my dad, which I knew was my mother about all of this other money that I owed them through time with a spreadsheet an Excel spreadsheet of 20 years of things my mother had kept up with that she said I owed her that I never had a inkling she was keeping track of. A dog bowl. Okay. Like, like stuff that was like, we went and, and she bought me lunch at Luby's. Okay. Like, Random, and that's when I saw my grandmother, my mother's mother, the evil. My mother had kept up with my debt for 20 years that I never knew was certain debts. Some debts I understood. Other debts, I was like, I don't know what this is. My sister lived with my parents her whole life up until she, until I blew out. And then finally she brought this other guy in and moved up. Did my sister ever pay rent? Did my sister ever? No, but I had a 20 year debt. When my sister never had to pay anything. And when that happened, I told my husband, I said, babe, I need you to go inside. I need to get this out. And I don't need you to say a freaking word. I need you to just be the strong warrior that you are. And I need you to sit right there on the couch. And I am going to yell and scream and cuss and say everything that I need to say until I get it out. And I'm probably going to ball at the end. And he said, got it. And I literally went. <laughs> yeah, expletive. I let it out. Well, the debt was 18 grand from what it was 17 and something. Okay. From 20 years. I got it all out. Once I got it all out and I had my husband hold that space for me and I was bawling, I got clarity and I said, okay. I'm going to pay the debt, but I'm not going to pay it to them because that's 
Satan sitting over there. And I don't know where it's coming from. So I got my checkbook out. I wrote a check for $18,000. Put it in an envelope with a note to my, my mentor. And I tithed it to her, her school. And I said, please use this money. It even makes me emotional now. Please use, use this money so no other female will ever have to experience what I've experienced. And I mailed it to her. I didn't even tell her it was coming. She didn't even know. And then the next thing you know, about a week later, I get a letter from her. And all she said in that letter was, wow, Shelby, what a great surprise. You get this. I will make sure it goes to good use. And my money actually ended up, I think, in Hawaii with one of the kahunas that needed help. And I sent a, a, an email to my mother and I said, how dare you? How dare you treat me the same way you treated me or your mother treated you? And I said, but you know what? I took that debt and I tithed it and I sent it to the higher space. So no other female will ever have to experience what I've experienced that you always the, the, which, which was the same reason you left your mother, which is now the same reason I'm leaving out of your space. And that was the line, not in the sand, that was the line in the concrete where I went, my job is done. You took it way further. That was evil that was sent and I transmuted it and I'm not going to clean that up anymore. And, 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 and I let go of it because it didn't matter what I felt was the right number. If I owed, if I knew she was keeping up with any of this, because in my mind it was three grand and I gave them more than way than three grand. You know, I, like I always was doing stuff for my parents. So it wasn't even about the money, but somewhere it was about the money. And so I was like, you know, if that's what my mom did for whatever that was, and, and I took the hit for that then fine, I'll take that money and I'll transmute it for her because it'll only heal her anyway. And that's what I did. And to me, that's loving your family. I don't have to be with them, but I will take it and I will transmute that for you and I will send it another way and you will benefit from that energy until you don't. But at the end of the day, I'm not doing anything else for you. <laughs> like my sister can take over. <laughs> You know, it was kind of like that. And so, and that even moves a lot of energy through just sharing the story because my mentor said to me a long time ago, Shelby, you have to be brazen. You have to be brazen. And you know, those little Yodas, they, they speak in metaphors, right? You know, they, they speak story, they speak in metaphors and, and, and she would be like, you have to be brazen. And she said that for some other story that I had that I was going through. And I will say that she first started out in my world of telling me I was too nice. You're too nice. I need to help you connect to your inner bitch. And I was like, but I'm like, like, I, 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 love and light like what and then um and but I learned like I learned like well I'm really not a bitch 
I'm just more authoritative in who I am. And if you come at me with something, I have immunity to a lot of things because of what I've gone through. And I have perspective. I have the subconscious mind training. I have, I have my gifts, my spiritual gifts. And if you're not going to run your stuff ethically, well, I'm going to overpower the ethics and I'm going to run it. And, and that keeps me and everybody else around me protected, including the person that's coming, that's coming at me. If, if that was the case, including family. And honestly, that's the sovereignty we're all wanting to achieve in ourselves every day. And we just have to walk it out. We have to walk it out with family. We have to walk it out with friends. And, but we have to address it and acknowledge it and do the work to transmute it. And that's why I put together my spiritual school curriculum because it's, it's all of my stuff. <laughs> Full story. You know, it's like, here you go. What I did. Okay. Do not reenact this the way it, you know, like it doesn't have to be that way. Yeah. So, but, but it is in some situations for whatever it's meant to be. So I understand your story with your brother. I get it. Yeah. Yeah. It's tough. And it's always tough with family. And those are, I think, are the, that's the dynamic. I think that can be the biggest relationship test for us is how we behave and act in those relationships. But ultimately, I think it's always about going inward. It's, it's never really, I think, about the other people anyway. It's always about us healing what's wounded within us, even though it does carry over from our mothers and from our fathers and that we're the ones that have to do the work. Yes. And that's why I was angry for a while. Like, why me? Why am I the villain? Why am I having to do this? And their life over here seems to be just moving on. And, you know, why am I feeling all that? And then I realized at some point in my journey that I was able to do something that took so much strength and power and courage for the dynamic of why I came in that at every turn, I was the one being gifted. And at the end of the day, if my family had several years of bliss and several years of congruency for them without me in it and without, you know, and just kind of living off of the change work I was doing, because there are, there's one in every family, then that was worth it to me. Because I knew at the end, they're going to blow themselves up. Because it, at some point in time, there's an end to what you take on. Because then you step into your, your full sovereignty, and then that energy goes back to them, and then they're looking at it in their window now. And you don't have any part in the dynamic anymore because you got yourself out of the dynamic energetically because you did all the reframes. And I knew that was coming. I knew. And it, and it happened. And, and it's my mentor always said to me, when you're the most aligned on the path, it's amazing how information comes to you. And I, and I learned that. I'm like, yeah, I have no connection, but it's really interesting how at certain times information will seep into my world through social media or, you know, something of that nature. And I go, oh yeah, well, that makes sense. <laughs> you know, I hope they learn something, you know, I've been out here doing this, like, you know, they've been doing stuff. And, and I know some people go, well, is it kind of a narcissistic way of thinking that they're not changing? 
And I go, no, it's not at all. Actually, it's, it's very, it's, it's a truth of knowing that in my family dynamic of four, I came in for my dad who was very empathic and my mom's side was very psychic. Well, my sister and my mom came in together and then my dad, you know, I came in for my dad. Well, when my dad had a heart attack on the football field and died and came back to life, he came back as somebody else. So I knew that energy cleared. And then I took the leftover of that energy, even though his body was still on the planet, but I was now taking on my mother's energies because my mom was still alive. So I really cleared my dad because he totally died, you know, and came back and he died like right as I was getting into a relationship with my husband. That's when it happened. And a week before we were going to Hawaii on our Huna trip, that's when it happened. So I knew my relationship with my dad was done because that heart energy left. So whoever came back in my dad's body to further this relationship with my mother was meant to be. But at the end of the day, I was still drawing things in from my mother that hadn't been transmuted, which is how I got deeper into my mother men course. So you must have very enlightened listeners <laughs> and you must be very um, further enlightening, which I already knew because I knew I wanted to be on your podcast um, because I never would have been able to tell any of this to any, to, to any, like your, your pod, your, your listeners have to be at these levels of awareness for me to have spewed so much because this isn't, small stuff. This is like Super Bowl type information that is being discussed on your podcast today. Yeah, I know that all of the people that are listening to my podcast, I think are people that have chosen to come in in this lifetime to do the work and to awaken because uh, the topics that we cover and the feedback that I get from people are, you know, just incredible people are really aware of wanting to heal the trauma, the generational trauma in their families. And I think that's what attracts a lot of people to this podcast because these are often things that people are ashamed to talk about and they don't wanna open up. And you saying like, oh, I was able to talk about all of these things that I might not have been able to talk about had I been on a different podcast. It's like you hit the nail on the head. This show is dedicated to helping people understand that they're not alone. They're not crazy. <laughs> you know, most people think I've gone crazy. What is this? No, you've just gone through an awakening and it's a really, really difficult process, but you can get through it and you can heal and you can heal not only yourself, but I think when you heal yourself, you're healing the generations that came before you and healing the collective, really, all of us. You're clearing it on all timelines. You're clearing it for the ones that came before you, the ones that are coming after you, the ones that are in right now. And you can do it with grace. And, and that teacher aspect of me is why when I came into my awakening, I had someone, a friend back in the day that said, I, I you know, I need you to put your process into a process. Cause I don't know what you just did. Like, cause she was watching how much my life was changing. <laughs> Looked at her and I was like, are you kidding me? Like, 
don't even know what the process is. I'm just, I'm just trying to live. I'm just trying to survive out here. And then the further I got into it, and I signed up for the spiritual business boot camp because at that point I'm like, oh God, I'm gonna have to put this into something. I don't even know what the first thing how to do this. So I signed up for this boot camp and learned how to kind of create a business at that point. And I went out on Facebook and built a tribe. Well, within the first month, I had over 500 people and I started turning people away. I I, I couldn't handle it because I was like, I don't know what to do with all the, all these people. And so and and so I narrowed it down to a specific group and that's how I created my curriculum because at that point I saw myself outside of myself and I saw these people that were going through exactly what I had just come out of that a friend back in the day had said create a process for it so when I had pulled in those people then I was able to go oh my god hold on a minute I need to make my psychic energy course. And then I was able to just give all of that information that I didn't even know I still had sitting in me. And, and then it just one thing evolved to another until I got all of my process of that awakening out and into something because now it was outside of me so I could share the information. And then now I get to watch people go through the process and know that I had helped in that influence to not have it be so wonky because when someone goes through it before you and then you follow that process it's easier for you than had you have just done it blind so that's why I was so grateful when I when my mentor showed up because even though she said to me you know you want me to teach you everything I know and I was like yeah I didn't through and then I realized well, even what I went through was nothing probably compared to what she did back in the day, you know? And so, and that's really, to me, that generational wealth of knowledge, that school of magic that keeps getting passed into the next generation, because these are the, these are the knowledges that have gotten covered up, which is why people are having issues with the religious piece now. So, cause the religion isn't adding up to the metaphysical of how we're designed. Right. And the mental mind is like checking out because the 5D energy is coming in and forcing us to have an awakening. And this is now this conversation that, you know, you and I have been having on this podcast, your podcast is the new normal. This is the normal. We, yeah. We've been living in, a, in an illusion. This right here between you and me is normal. Right. Exactly. Well, I have loved this conversation. It's just so fascinating and it has flown by so quickly. <laughs> well, thank you for letting me get all that out. I guess that was yeah. uh, necessary. <laughs> no, I love that. And I think it just shows people that, you know, you're not alone. There are other people out there who've had these family dynamics and that healing this actually helps you to find your own path yes and so if there are people out there listening who may be interested in taking a course on healing the mother wound or maybe just learning more about what you do what is the best way for them to uh follow you 
best way is just to go to my website, shelbycarino.com. It's S-H-E-L-B-Y-C-A-R-I-N-O.com. And there's also a little quiz um, on there that if for the mother piece, if you just kind of want to check and see where you're at with your mother wound, <laughs> you can take this little quiz and surf around my website. Now it is going to be changing here in the near future as I'm going through a massive um, shift with that, but everything will still be on there. I'm just going to organize it all differently and uh, make sense. But yeah, shelbycarino.com and all my social media channels are on there as well. Awesome. And we will have that link in the show notes too. So if you're worried about trying to remember that, you don't need to. You can just simply go to the show notes and click on the link to get to her website. Thank you so much, Shelby, for being here with us today and for all the work you're doing. I think it is so incredibly important. And I just love that you're doing that. Likewise, uh, thank you for holding the space of a platform on top of all the other teaching you do out here. <laughs> I, I really have enjoyed it. Thank you. Thank you. And if you want to see this interview, you can join me on Patreon where I post the video of the interview and you can see Shelby's lovely, beautiful face. She has a beautiful blue eyes and smile. I love it. It just lights up when she talks. You can join us for free. There's a seven day free trial. The link is in the show notes. And every week we do a live, whether it's card reading or a masterclass. So it's a lot of fun. It's a great community. And like I said, you can join for free. If you like it, you can stick with us for $10 a month. If not, no worries, you can cancel anytime and there is no obligation for you. But I would love to see you over there. And I wanna thank you all so much for being here with us. As always, if you like this podcast, please subscribe. Please leave a positive review from wherever you're listening. And of course, the greatest compliment you can pay me is to share this podcast with those you think might benefit. I hope that you guys have a beautiful day from wherever you're listening. As always, I am sending you so much love and light. And I will talk to you soon. Bye, guys.